What a good God we serve. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody in this house in love with Jesus? Hallelujah. I mean, really in love with the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is so good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, a day the Lord hath made. Amen. And we will rejoice. And we will be glad in it. Praise God. Amen. Really a day that changed the course of history. Amen. It's amazing how much hinged on just that one moment. Amen. That one day. Everything that he said, everything that he did, every principle he taught, every promise he made, every prophecy he spoke was all ratified and confirmed with a resurrection. Amen. And by the way, he is coming back again. Amen. Amen. So anybody in love with the Lord, give the Lord a shout. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. What a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. We are going to go uh, today um, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And again, I want to give thanks to everybody that has, um, you know, the time and the energy and effort that everybody's put into getting stuff ready for uh, the service today and uh, some of the VBS uh, uh, stuff that you're seeing out in the hallway, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of hours, a lot of time that goes into that. Preparing a breakfast, getting all that. We got a lot of hours in that, and and uh, people willing to serve. The praise and worship team putting things together and doing what they do, and and uh, so we're grateful uh, for everything that everybody's done. Um, out back, they uh, set up uh, stuff for the kids today, do some fun stuff, and believe it or not, uh, Friday night it was all thrown all which way because of the wind, and and uh, so they had to come in yesterday and. Fix a few things, reset a few things, and this morning early they were up getting it all ready for the kids, praise God. So it's just a lot of time and energy and effort goes into events, and, and uh, we appreciate all the labor, all the time and energy that people have done, and, and the support, praise God. So give the Lord a shout and praise for that, if you will. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So today I want to, um, I want to uh, come out of Ephesians Ephesians 1, I want to start there anyway, and we have over the last couple weeks um, been using part of this text, at least uh, least reading through it, and we touched on a few things. I'm going to touch on a few things with it again, a little bit of review for the sake of those that weren't here this last couple weeks, and then kind of spin it into what we have to have for you today. And um, how many are grateful for resurrection power? How many know it's still going on, isn't it? Amen. It's still available, praise God. So Ephesians 1, and let's, uh, let's do it this way. Um, let's go ahead and read through this, and then I'm going to come back and maybe kind of dissect this a little bit. So we'll start, we'll just read through it. And I'm going to go verse 15. And this, again, is a letter written uh, by the Spirit of God, written by Paul, but, but inspired by the Holy Ghost, the Word says, God breathed. And a letter then given to the church at Ephesus. In fact, all these, um, you know, this Bible is made up of letters that were written, uh, you know, especially the New Covenant, written to the churches. And so what they were then is uh, brought together and put together and to form what we call the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. 
Amen. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, praise God, the Bible, praise God. And uh, so uh, I want you to kind of keep that in mind because as we're reading and, and, and drawing on this, you have to understand this was a letter written to a church. And today we're reading it in Redmond, Oregon on an Easter morning, come on somebody, on resurrection morning, amen, uh, for you to hear, amen. It was God-breathed, God-inspired, amen. And if we get a hold of it, the Word says it'll become, praise God, a rhema word, not just uh, something that was God-breathed to you, but now becomes something made to breathe. In other words, something that's revealed, something that now will change your life forever, praise God. And so I'm believing that you will not leave this place the same. Look at your neighbor and say, you got that? All right, so get your ears on, get your catchers on. Jesus said it this way, who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Amen. Praise God. So Ephesians 1, verse 15, uh, Paul getting ready to basically uh, talk, tell him what he's praying for here. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and of your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Everybody say the spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say revelation. Hallelujah. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And that word there, knowledge, is actually acknowledgement or recognition, that word is. It's uh, epignosis, okay? The word knowledge is the Greek word is gnosis, but this one's epignosis. So it's an added thing. It just means an acknowledgement. So in other words, as you acknowledge Him, as you look to Him, as you, uh, you know, give time to Him, as you look and draw from Him, all of a sudden that spirit of wisdom and revelation will come to you, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. So that's going to make some sense here in a minute. All right. Then he starts explaining it. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Amen. That you may know. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to know some things. Listen to me. If you don't know some things, that means you remain ignorant. Come on, somebody. So you got to know some things. Okay, am I boring you? All right. Now, listen now. you got to know some things. Now, you got to remember, you know, uh, ignorance is the doorway of the enemy. And so, you know, people say, well, it's, you know, it's ignorance is bliss. No, ignorance is a trap. The enemy wants you to think that ignorance is bliss. Come on, somebody. But if you know things, amen, the enemy can't hold something over you. The enemy can't steal from you. Praise God. Are you still with me? So we don't want to remain ignorant. We want to have a, 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 the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he goes on. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Why? That you may know what is the hope of His calling, one, that you may know the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, two, and three, that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe. And that power is according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. In other words, He's talking about the resurrection power. That is one of those things He wants us to know. Paul says that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection, praise God. I want to know about it, praise God. I want to know what's available to me, praise the Lord. 
Amen. That power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. In other words, no matter what kind of demonic influence is out there, it's far above all of it, praise God. And also every name that is named. In fact, the word says any name that is named above the earth, on the earth, beneath the earth is subject to the name of Jesus, praise God. So he's talking about that, that no matter what name is out there, praise God, hallelujah, it's above it. Every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come. And he put all things, talking about the Father, he put all things under his feet, talking about Jesus' feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. That's you and me. Jesus is the head. And he goes on to say, we are the body. Verse 23, which is, so the church is his body. Look at your, your neighbor and say, hello, old body. Hello. Hallelujah. You're part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. You are a part of, of a body. Amen. Praise God. Now, he's the head. Jesus is the head, but we are the body. And it goes on to say, the body, which, which is his body, the fullness of him. Now, you'd say, you'd say, well, Jesus is the fullness. No, he said the body, his body is the fullness of him who feels all in all. In other words, he's going to work through you to do things. You are his body, part of his body. And us together as the body uh, make up the fullness of him who then feels all in all, praise God. But he flows through you and me. And that's one of the powerful things about what he did, the price that was paid. You know, we found out in that video, you see, uh, you know, that early on, you know, Adam and Eve, they betrayed the Lord. Come on. Amen. By, by yielding to the enemy. And as a result, from there on, there went this plan of redemption. The enemy, uh, uh, you know, the Lord actually spoke uh, to, uh, to the enemy and let it be known, there's one coming that's going to crush your head. He's going to crush your head. He's going he's gonna, to literally, literally said this. He said, he's going to bruise his heel on your head. Now, I always thought, man, well, you know, kind of almost like a, a negative confession, you know. He's going to bruise his heel. But I thought, what a better way to bruise your heel, praise the Lord. But on the head of the enemy, amen. It's okay. I'll take a bruised heel. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So he, he told the enemy, he says, there's one coming. It's going to pay a price. And put you under. Well, from there on, man, it was on. The enemy was always looking. Every prophet, every person that, that spoke of the Lord or whatever they were trying to think, is this the one? Is that the one? You can imagine the torment the enemy was under. Until one day, come on, a voice came from heaven. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And at that moment, whoo, it was on. And about that time, that's when the Lord then flushed him out. Amen. Went out into, and the word said, out into the wilderness and literally fasted for 40 days. Just, just like God at his weakest physically. You'd think, man, you'd think he'd just take him on right then. He, he just kind of got, he just fasted 40 days. Amen. And then here come the enemy to try to tempt him. Hey, 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 if you're really the son of God, excuse me, what do you mean if I am? I am the son of God. Well, if you are the Son of God, turn, you know, turn these stone into bread. 
Well, of course, he come back with the word of God. He said, it is written. Spoke the word right there, put him in his place. The enemy come at him in another way. He said, it is written, put him in his place. Kind of spoke, uh, brought another temptation and another direction. He said, it is written, praise God, and put the enemy in his place. The word said that the enemy left waiting for a, a better opportunity to take him out. How many know he didn't get one until Jesus was ready to lay down his life? Amen. Lays down his life. And of course, you know, the enemy had no clue what was going to happen. He just thought, well, take him out. Don't have to deal with him anymore. Didn't realize on the third day, somebody say amen. amen. On the third day, he rises again, praise the Lord, and then begins to carry out, praise God, hallelujah, the commission. Begin to carry out, praise God, the whole plan, hallelujah. And now through you and me, amen, by leaning on him and trusting in him and getting to know him, Come on, and the power of that resurrection, we begin to walk in that same authority, that same dominion, praise God, taking our stand, amen, making sure the enemy does not take, does not steal, does not uh, kill, does not take our increase or our profit anymore. Praise God, enough is enough. But if you're ignorant to that, he just sneaks in like the sneak that he is and he takes everything he can. Because he's a lying, deceiving sneak. And so he tries to slide in there through manipulation and really for the most part a mental manipulation, mentally, and he begins to play head games with you. The word says don't be ignorant of, of his devices. It literally means head tricks. Don't be ignorant of how he operates. But if you are ignorant of it, he just comes in and keeps taking and stealing. Keeps messing up your day. Messing up your household, messing up your, your family. And enough's enough. Jesus paid a price so that wouldn't have to happen. I said Jesus paid a price so that wouldn't have to happen. Are you with me or did you get too many cinnamon rolls? Now they're just starting to kick in for me, hallelujah. All right, praise the Lord. All right, praise God. So let's go back up here and take a look at some of this. All right, we're going to go to like verse 17. It says, The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say the spirit. spirit. Now, what we've been talking about the last couple weeks, a few weeks actually, uh, the word spirit, pneuma, is the Greek word, and it means a wind or breath. Come on. Uh, it means a current of air. But mostly, everywhere you see it, it deals with a breath, a movement of air, a blast, wind, or breath, all right? It also means a vital principle. In other words, that which is crucial. In other words, without the spirit, the body's dead. You've got to have a spirit functioning. Come on, somebody. And so it means a vital principle. It also means a mental disposition. So depending on the spirit behind it determines a mental way of thinking, a mental a mindset, a, a mental disposition, all right? So it means that. It also means, or pardon me, it also refers to all three, angelic, demonic, or human. So the word spirit, anytime you see it in Scripture, could be talking about one of those three. Now, it's the same Greek word, okay, but de depending on the context, depending on who it's talking about, it lets you know which spirit we're talking about, whether we're talking about your spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about something demonic. Are you still with me? And it makes it real clear, all right? Now, the best way to look at it is every time the Spirit of God's around or functioning, the way it functions is by breath, 
Now, I'm not talking about breathing in oxygen, amen, so much. But remember, from the very get-go, God breathed the breath of life into Adam. And from there on, it, the Word says it was, it was His. He caused every day wanted to breathe into Adam. Walking in the cool of the day in the garden it literally means that every day God breathed into them. Amen. So they're already functioning. The Word even says they become as a living, breathing, talking spirit. Are you right? Because God breathed in them. Well, your breath, or pardon me, your spirit also, you know, through breath, also can influence another just like God's spirit or just like some demonic spirit. Are you still with me? Now, in context, uh, what we're dealing with today is this thing called the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the acknowledgement, knowledge, or, uh, you know, acknowledging Him. Uh, what's another way? Recognizing Him is another word to recognition. So as you begin to look to Him, recognize Him, uh, acknowledge Him. The Word even says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. In other words, as you're living life, conducting life, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And then it says He will lead you or guide your steps. Are you still with me? See, a lot of people, though, ain't acknowledging Him, ain't taking the time to give Him, to give him the time of day. Are you still with me? So the enemy goes on taking, manipulating, stealing. But the more you stop and acknowledge Him, the Father, that is, then He gives you what, in other words, He breathes into you now a thing called wisdom and revelation. Whew. What a review. Wisdom. What is wisdom? Well, wisdom is defined as the ability to live life skillfully. It means to apply knowledge and information and data rightly. Wisdom is a combination of discernment, judgment, tact, and timing. Amen. Sometimes when I think I message you up, we're just off time. But if you're following God and letting God breathe into you, you might be in the right place at the right time. Come on, somebody. It, wisdom is how to successfully deal with practical affairs of daily life, whether we're talking about people, whether we're talking about business, whether we're talking about just the daily pressures of life. God is wanting to help you, show you things, reveal things, give you wisdom and how to conduct life, amen, to help you with that marriage, to help you with your kids, to help you with your finance, to help you with your health. I mean, the Spirit of God is always trying to help you, but He will never violate your will. The enemy tries to push. God just leads if you let Him. He won't force anybody. Are you still with me? Let me, um, you know, anything, I'm just going to bring it out now. I was going to do it later, but I think now's a good time. Um, anything that God is allowed to manage works. Um, what do you think of heaven? Anybody like heaven? I mean, has anybody ever been there? I better ask that first. Anybody ever been there? No, but you never know. I mean, somebody might have, you know, someday, you know, something might have happened and 
you know, and they end up there and got brought back and wish they were never brought back. But anyway, you know what I'm saying, but it happens. But uh, how many believe, let's ask this question, how many believe that heaven's probably a pretty cool place? All seven of you. Let's try that again. How many believe that heaven probably is a pretty cool place? Amen. Now, you know, we, even though we haven't been there, we all have faith that heaven's going to be pretty cool. And it will be, by the way. There ain't a whole lot uh, said about heaven. Heaven's mentioned quite a bit, but there ain't a whole lot said about the description of it. But all the description that we do have of it says it's going to be pretty, pretty all right. Ain't nothing wrong. How many know that there ain't no enemy there? How many there ain't no destruction, ruin, despair? How many know that? How many believe that heaven is probably going to be an all right place? Amen? Now, why is heaven going to be an all right place? This was not a trick question. Hallelujah. Heaven was going to be a pretty cool place, isn't it? Now, I heard a lot out there, a lot of people say, well, because God's going to be there, right? But how many know God's here? Now, Jesus even said, you know, uh, in the model prayer, you know, Father, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Obviously, we should be getting, you know, some of that kind of work in here, right? Come on, somebody. Right? And even in Deuteronomy, it brings out the same thing. There should be days like heaven on earth, praise God. Amen. Amen. But how many know uh, you kind of look around and we're kind of missing a little bit of that heaven stuff. Come on in a few places. Come on, right? But how many know that every place that God is in charge of or has liberty to manage works? So why is heaven such a beautiful place? Because God's in charge. Somebody said, well, God's in charge here. No, He's not. You're in charge. Somebody said, well, now I'm depressed. <laughs> he set it up. He gave you authority. Amen. He gave you dominion. Gave you the power. And said, now run it. He said, now I'll help you. If you acknowledge me, if you look to me, I'll lead you through it. So that you're going to be in the right place at the right time. So you know when to say yes and when to say no. So you know when to sign on the dotted line and not sign on the dotted line. Come on, somebody. Amen. Some of the miracles that we need today are because we didn't hear God yesterday. Can I hear a big amen on that? Amen. All of a sudden it's like, whoops, I'm in trouble, right? And so I need help. Not just anybody. Help. Anyway, praise the Lord. We just need help. Amen. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting help. We need help when you need help. Praise the Lord. But if we hear God, we might not need so many miracles. Still with me. So let's get back to this now. All right. Wisdom. All right. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. So God is trying to breathe into you wisdom. How to live this life. Amen. How to do this thing right. How to have the tact and the timing and, and all of that that you need. The word says, uh, or pardon me, wisdom is defined as that which, how to apply the information, the knowledge, and the data that comes to you. How many know that everywhere you go, there's, con in fact, being in here, it isn't just the pastor speaking something that brings data and information to you. 
You're looking around, seeing things, seeing somebody pick their nose and, and somebody do something else. And saying, that guy, you notice that guy, he got up 14 times to go to the bathroom. You know, <laughs> what's going on? There's information. Stuff you're, so you start putting, you start filing information. And the Spirit of God is starting, you know, is supposed to be saying, and is supposed to be there to help you say, uh, don't worry about that. Just ignore that. Well, you know, so-and-so looked at me cross-eyed. I, I, I just want to punch him. And the Spirit of God says, uh, why don't you let that go? Now, that'd be wisdom. Look at your neighbor and say, you could use a little more wisdom. Right? So wisdom is important, see, because all day long there's information being pumped to you. And you have to know when is it a good time to hang on to it and when is it a good time to just flush it, right? I mean, that's what wisdom is about. But then it said also a thing called revelation, all right? So revelation, how is that defined? Well, revelation is defined as that which is uh, to make known, to bring something into the light or bring it into view. So you can see something, all right? God wants you to see things. See, if you can see what the average man will never see, you can do what the average man will never do. Amen. If you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. So God is trying to show you things, not just give you wisdom, but also show you things. And this is how it worked for Jesus. How many know that what Jesus did, his earthly ministry, was a successful ministry? How many agree with that? Amen. Well, he was always in the right place, always knew what to say, knew who to pray for, who not to pray for, knew when to walk on the water, when not to walk on the water. Are you hearing me today? I mean, he knew when to, you know, how to do this and how to minister this, when to raise the dead and when he didn't do anything about it. How did he do that? Well, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't even say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So what is that? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. So every time he got alone with God, he'd acknowledge God, he'd look to God, God would begin to say stuff and begin to show him things. And the word said that the eyes of the understanding being enlightened, that means deep thought or imagination. Okay, how many know you got inner eyes? It's like you got outer eyes, you got inner eyes. And those eyes have also been made to see. Now, a lot of times when you get to talking about a thing called imagination, most people say, whoa, dude, that's taboo. Don't bring that up because that's weird stuff. Well, the only reason that it's weird to use is because usually we abuse the thing called imagination. We use it for the wrong things. That's the truth. So then when all of a sudden now he's talking about in the church house, the preacher man's going, we got to use our imagination a little more. We go, whoa, dude. No, we got to use it the way it was designed to be used. And the Spirit of God begins to show you things. The Spirit of God will show you how your day will play out. The Spirit of God will show you when you need to do this, when not to do that. He'll show you who you need to talk to, who you shouldn't talk to. He'll begin to give you insight on how to handle this and how to handle that. I remember even one time, I mean, just as simple as something, I was working on my gate out front has this automatic closer thing, and, and I, you know, it just it malfunctioned, and, and I was like, oh, God, piece of junk, I'll tell you one. Spirit of God says, you really want to say that? I said, no, sir, forgive me. I know better than that. 
He said, and so, so I just, you know, went on with my prayer time. And the Spirit of God literally showed me how to open it up and where the problem was on the closer. And I'm not Mr. Mechanical. <laughs> Thanks, honey. I love you too, sweetheart. Amen. All right. But the Spirit of God showed me. Would you listen up? The Spirit of God showed me exactly what to do. I went in, did it, and who'd have thought? It worketh. Huh? Now, any area that you allow God to manage works successfully. All right? God wants to give you wisdom. God wants to show you things. Praise God. Amen. And the word uh, was at verse uh, uh, 18, the eyes of your understanding being the light. Why? That you may know some things. So now he's going to talk about some things he wants you to know. All right. Well, first off, he wants you to know the hope of his calling. I know we touched on this about two weeks ago here, a little bit more in depth, but uh, the hope of his calling, the expectation, word hope means expectation of his calling, his bidding, his prompting, all right, his invitation, that word also means, it literally means an invite to higher things. So God wants you to know, praise God, that you're accepted for one thing, because you have an invite. Remember when you were a little kid and you got an invite? Woo, I get to go to the birthday party. Why? Because I got an invite. Or the little kid that gets all depressed because he didn't get his invite yet, so he thought, I must not be invited. It all hinges on an invite. I got to get an invite. Where's my invite? And then the invite came and, woo, got my invite. Well, you know, everything hinges on you getting an invite. And you've been invited. It's an open invitation. Come one, come all, praise God. But not just to show you that you've been accepted, but also to take you to higher things. So you begin to find out your purpose. So part of what he wants you to know is who you are, who you've been made to be, your identity, your purpose, your calling. Are you still with me? What you've been destined for, praise God. Amen? That's a good thing to know. Do you know that probably 50% of your battles would be gone if you knew who you were? Sometimes we just forget who we are, or we just never found out who we are. But once you find out who you are, amen, the enemy can't hold anything over you in that area anymore. So he wants you to know who you are. He wants to know the hope of his calling. Amen. He wants you to also know what are the riches or the value of the glory of his inheritance in what? The saints. So you have to understand that you are his inheritance. Remember, he sent his son. Amen. Right? For, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe on him will not perish but have what? Everlasting. See, he makes, see, because of what Jesus did, amen, makes you now, when you receive him, part of his inheritance. But listen, he wants you to know something. He wants you to know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In other words, the value. So not only does God want you to know who you are, he wants you to know your value. He wants you to know literally how God values you, praise God. 
I mean, you'd stop, you think about it, the word even talks about that through the love. It says, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, right? Well, we all get the power, and many of us really could use a sound mind. But why are you saying love? Well, because when you understand how much God loves you, you know God will never leave you hanging. God's always got your back. You don't need to fear anything. Why? Because God's got my back. Amen. God's got your back. Praise God. Why? Because I know my value to Him. I know who I am and I know the value that I I have on the heart of the Father. Praise God. Okay, well, that's not just that. So now verse 19, it says there's another thing He wants you to know, right? Put verse 19. And what is, in other words, I want you to know what is the exceeding greatness of His power that's toward us who believe. And, of course, it goes on to talk about the same. It was the power that was according to that which he used to raise Christ from the dead. So we know he's talking about resurrection power. All right? That's why Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. So, okay, he wants you to know the exceeding greatness of his power. Okay, so I want you to know your identity, who you are, who you've been made to be. I want you to know your value. And I also want you to know the resources that are available to you. I want you to know the greatness, the exceeding greatness of His power toward you who believe. Any believers in the house today? That was so weak, I just don't know. I think I'm going home. Is there How many believers in the house today? That's a little better. All right, we'll accept that one. All right. So praise the Lord. So he not only is uh, not only your identity, not only your value, but he also wants you to know, praise God, the power, amen, that's readily available unto you. And it's resurrection power, praise God. Not just any power. He makes it clear the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that's right now readily available that's toward you who believe. Do you believe it? All right. So what is resurrection power? Well, resurrection is defined as a bringing back to life. Makes sense. It means a a raising up again or a rising up again. It means a resurgence of power, a resurgence. Now think about this, where this power that raised Christ from the dead is available for you. There's a resurgence. What is it in your life that you're dealing with or what is it going on around you that you could use a resurgence of power for God to raise something up, amen, amen, to raise something up, to revive it, to bring recovery or a reversal? Does something need to be reversed? Something can be changed? Well, resurrection power is available to do it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It means a restoring of life, a restart, a rebirth, a rejuvenation, revitalization and an energizing praise God now think about this that when you got born again hallelujah that you were hellbound and you received Christ literally a resurrection power was released at that moment to raise up your spirit man a rebirth and you are no longer bound for hell you're now bound for heaven praise God amen because of what happened just by you saying I'll receive that God's working on us in every area of our life saying, what will you receive today? 
What can I revive today? What can I restore today? What can I turn around and reverse today in your life that needs to be done? What is it you'll let me involved in? Remember, any area that God is in charge or God is able to manage worketh. Anybody ever been to Crater Lake? Isn't that beautiful? Been there several times and eat, no matter how many times I go there, every time I go, you walk out on that edge, you just go, wow. Just kind of takes your breath away. You know, it's like, wow, isn't God good? You can't even help. I mean, you could be a, you could be a flat out heathen and look at that and go, God's good. I mean, you could be lost as a goose, goose in a snowstorm. And look at that and go, there is a creator. Well, they might try to war with it, but most of the time look at something like that and they go, that's cool. But then all you have to do is just turn around. And you see people, (laughs) restrooms that stink. And I, granted, the last time I was there, they were, you know, redoing and all that. So it could be a lot better now. But there was like people trying to get in here and people, you know, mad and upset because I have a parking spot and there's people all walk in front of me. Use a sidewalk, idiot! (laughs) God! People are so stupid! (laughs) So you just sit and look at that and you're reminded of where you're at. So you have to look and go, God is so good. Because anything that God's in charge of is amazing. It works. Anything he's not, we have issues. God is trying to show us things. God's trying to get involved in every area of your life so that you can look at that area of your life and go, oh, God is so good. Instead of going, Where's God when you need him? God's always available. Are we acknowledging him? Are we giving him a place? Are you still with me? Am I boring you? Are you getting this? With that said, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, please. Amen. I'm glad you came out. Amen. And I believe you all got an ear to hear, right? Come on now. Now. Listen, anything, if, if, if we allow God, uh, you know, to, to inspire us, to breathe into us, um, it'll bring you into a realm of possibility because all things are possible. So when you let God begin to speak into you and breathe into you wisdom and revelation about things, all of a sudden you're not hung up or held by natural things any longer. It's a different ballgame, right? So we want God involved in everything. Now, uh, verse 10, I'm going to read just a few verses in this. It says, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Now, what's the to us? Uh, what's He talking about, the, the them thing? And there's talking about the verse prior. Uh, it talks about these God things that have been prepared 
for you and me, those who love Him. Amen. How many of those things been prepared for you? God thinks. And it even says, literally says, things that maybe even your eye has never seen, your ear has never heard. Maybe you've never even thought it or never had that thing cross your heart before, but all of a sudden God starts showing you something. The Word says, by the Spirit, in other words, by Him breathing into you, He begins to show you something. Through the eyes of your understanding, you begin to see something maybe you've never seen before. You know, there are times you look at an individual and all you want to do when you think of them is spit. I know it's probably none of you. It's just me and my attitude, I'm sure. But every now and then you see someone and you just want to, really? Somebody goes, I thought you were the pastor. Just temporary. No, no. (laughs) Somebody goes, what? (laughs) No, no. But you know, sometimes you have that moment and you just want to, God, this was going to be a great day. And then they showed up. God. But then the Spirit of God shows you something and goes, you know why that individual's that way? And begins to show you what they've gone through, what they've had happen. What, is, what has gone on in their life to bring them to this point, And all of a sudden you look at them again and you go, oh. <sighs> Something I hadn't seen and ear hadn't heard, hadn't even crossed my mind or my heart. But all of a sudden I go, I love that person. I try not to look at anybody in the face because you're all like... Everybody's like, is he talking about me? No, man, we all been there. But when you let God in, all of a sudden God begins to show you things. It's like all of a sudden your perspective changes. All of a sudden it's like it's not some big deal anymore. All of a sudden it's like this is simple. We can do this. This thing can happen. God is moving. God is working. Woo! All right. So he, the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that which is profound or divine counsels. Amen. So this is, again, trying to show you that God is trying to reveal things to you, show you things to help you along. It goes on to say, verse 11, it says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? In other words, your spirit understands you. Well, for the most part, right? I mean, somebody else might look at it and might not figure it out. But you, on side, know what you've been through, what's going on, how you're feeling about some things. But he goes on to say, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. In other words, God sees things. God knows things because of the Spirit within Him. And that Spirit's trying to breathe on you so that you can know what He knows. Come on, somebody, and help you along. That's called deep things. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, we can use a little bit more of that deep stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! All right, but verse 12. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world. So, in other words, the world's trying to breathe on you. That world system and all that that's out there. Now, 
We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know, that we might know, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. There are things that have been freely given to us that are available to us. And God says, listen, I want you to know those things. But you're going to have to let God breathe on you. Now, there's three spirits mentioned in this text that we read here. Your spirit, the spirit of God, and the spirit of the world. Right? And the whole thing in context is you're here in the middle and you got to determine whether you want the spirit of God or the spirit of the world to be breathing into your spirit. You have to determine that. And you don't just get to say, King's Acts, none of it affects me. That's not true. Because you just go outside and the world's waiting for you. And so you have to determine whether I'm going to let the Spirit of God breathe into me or whether I'm going to let the world to continue to breathe in me. Is anybody hearing me? Listen, if you're not being transformed, you're conforming. And the reason, con- the reason we conform to the world is because you just let the world keep breathing in you. Pretty soon you're talking like they talk, act like they act, do what they, come on. Years ago, there's this, I uh, heard this, uh, it's, I think it's a Cherokee uh, parable, and uh, just kind of a simple deal. talks about two wolves. He's telling his son about the two wolves. And he says, there's this wolf, and, and he explains this wolf. And literally what it is, it's, 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 this, it's the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. If you, if you read them, it's, it's almost word for word across the board. And so the one spirit is all this, the works of the flesh, adultery and fornication and hatred and evilness and, you know, lasciviousness. And, and then they got this wolf over here that's love and joy and peace and long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it's like, and the dad shuts up and the boy goes, uh, Dad, well, which one wins? So there's this warfare going on. Which one wins? He said, the one you feed. Whatever one you feed. Do you know the works of the flesh in Galatians 5 are really the fruit of the spirit of the world? It's the the fruit of the spirit of God and the fruit of the spirit of the world. And it comes down to which one are you going to feed? Which one are you going to continue to let breathe into you? Because you just, if you just stop letting God breathe into you, then the world just keeps breathing. And pretty soon you're thinking like they think, talking like they talk, acting like they act, and you got Jesus Christ on the inside. And you're, you're, you're talking and acting just like the world. Now look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad that's not you. Now I know it's nobody in this house, because ain't none of you do that. But those people watching by internet, whoo, they need some help. So we're just going to, you know, make sure we say this for them. Now, everybody say the spirit of the world. world. Let's go to uh, Colossians. You still with me? Colossians. Remember now, every one of these are letters written to a church. Verse 6 of chapter 2. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him or conduct your life or follow as a companion in Him, being rooted or planted, being built up in Him, and established or fixed or sure confident in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it then, in other words, what you've been taught, abounding in it, 
with thanksgiving, because thanksgiving is a key, all right? Beware. Remember say beware. beware. Now, I don't know. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you come to a place or a house, and you might see something that says beware. You know, guard dog or some kind of thing. You know, beware, surveillance or some kind of thing, you know. And the idea is that beware because you don't necessarily want to, you know, you don't want to jump over that fence. You might, you know, it's like the guy that has a, outside of his, you know, farm, he's got a sign there on his fence that says beware, bull. And unless you can cross this field in nine seconds, You're dead meat. Why? Because the bull can do it in 10. What is that? Beware. Don't just jump in here and think you're going to be okay. Are you with me? So everybody say beware. beware. All right. Beware. All right. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Literally just means man's wisdom. All right. And empty deceit means delusions, deceptions. All right. According to what? Well, this philosophy and empty deceit is according to the traditions of men. It's out there. People just think the way they think because that's what everybody's always thought. And it explains it. According to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Because it's out there. Turn on a television, listen to a radio, just go to work. And there's all kinds of things being said and done, people's opinions, people's philosophies, and, the, and how they view this and think that. Is anybody hearing me today? Yeah. Now, the, we don't have time to go to all these, but the world, the world is defined as a place of chaos and no peace, it says in John 14. A place of hatred in John 15. Come on, somebody. And it talks about, uh, you know, divisive things and, 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 and being, uh, you, know, uh, you know, condemning and all that kind of. 1 Corinthians 1 says there's full of foolishness. James 1 says it's, a, it's to not be, uh, or Mary goes on to say to be unspotted by the world, but it refers to blemish and stains. Okay, 2 Peter 1 talks about corruption. 2 Peter 2 talks about pollution, and it's not talking about the, the little um, straw in your cup. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? I'll leave that alone. But anyway, uh, the bottom line is pollution is talking about what the world puts in you, the corruption it puts in you. The Word says in John 17 that Jesus Himself said that you're in the world, but you're not of this world. And He goes on to say, don't love the world in 1 John. And in 1 John He says, you ought to be overcoming the world. Why? Because greater is He who's in you than He who's in the world. Praise God. That you ought to be overcoming this. But it ain't going to happen if all that's breathing into you is the world. Because you're not drawn on anything from the Spirit of God. No empowerment. Which wolf are you feeding? Are you with me? Now, you back up here, because we're, we're winding her down. Look at your neighbor and say, Phew. Some of you are getting nervous. I see it. Verse 6 again here. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. So he's talk, who's he talking to? Believers. Yeah. Talking to believers. Talking to the church. Come on. 
So this was a letter written to the church at Colossae, amen, which has then now been uh, saved and recorded for you and me and now given to you. So now it becomes the letter to word of victory. With me? All right. So as you have received Christ, right, now you got to walk it. Now you got to do this thing, right? you got to walk in Him. But it says rooted, planted. you got to build a root system, right? you got to be built up in Him. Now, that word, uh, the word edifice, is where we get a word to, like an edifice of building or that kind of a thing. Um, but it means literally uh, uh, to be made higher, stronger, and larger by addition of parts. So what it means is here, he says, you not only got to have a root system, you got to have some things added to you on a day-to-day basis. You got to be rooted, amen, right? And what? Built up, praise God, in Him. Everybody say, in Him. Amen. Now you got to be positioned in Him, right? So built up in Him, and then it says established, confident, sure, fixed. And it says in the faith, not in faith, but in the faith. In other words, in the message. Now listen, we're going somewhere with this. As you have been taught. What's that say? Well, what's going on today? We're teaching you today, right? So he's talking to the church. What he's saying is, is this. You got to get in the church. I know who I'm talking to today. Say, Pastor, you're taking advantage of the fact that we're here on Easter. You got that right. You got that right. See, you can't just come on Easter. You got to come every day. You got to come every week. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Why? Because the more you're in the house of God and being taught what's going on, God's able to breathe into you. And the more that he's allowed to breathe in you, the more those areas of your life, amen, begin to succeed. So we got to be a people that go to the house of God. We got to be a people that come to the house of God. Look at your neighbor and say, now I know he's talking to you. Somebody said, well, preacher, you're just saying that because you're the preacher. Well, duh. <laughs> of course I should be saying that. But you have to understand that the reason, see, everywhere you go out there, all that stuff tries to. <laughs> and you just got out the door. The spirit of the world just tries to, you know, breathe in. My best Eeyore, not Eeyore, no, Ogre. What's his name? Igor, Igor. <laughs> not Eeyore. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> Nothing ever happened good to me. <laughs> That's Eeyore. Amen. I guess it might be a little Eeyore out there, too. I don't know. But anyway, the point is praise God, there's all kinds of stuff trying to attach itself to you and breathe on you. And all you did was just went out and got in your car. You didn't even went down the road yet. Now, he's not a, that spirit's not allowed in here. So while you're in here, see, we're, 
Letting the Spirit of God breathe on you. Amen. And see, so you have to understand that the house of God becomes a decontamination station. Amen. See, when you walk in the door, it's like... Got to get all that stuff gone, man. Because all that stuff either tries to attach to you and, and uh, you know, get in your head and get in your heart and get in your life and get in your family and get in your marriage, get in your kids. Oh, my God, get the kids, get them to church quick. <laughs> the house of God is... A decontamination station. It's a feeding station. It's, it's what feeds your inner man. You get into the presence and worship, and you'd be amazed by just getting into the praise and worship, how much stuff just kind of... What is that stuff coming off you? Just don't bother looking at it. Leave it alone. Don't step in it. <laughs> just don't step in it. It just falls off. It's a healing station. You come in to be made well. Amen. Somebody says, well, I come to church, but I'm not feeling good. You need to be in church because it's what make you well. You'd be amazed. I mean, I've had times, man, I didn't know if I was even going to make it up the stage. And I, I just said, I'm, I'm here. Walk up on that stage. I was like, anointing hits. And, Woo! Every burden removed, every yoke of bondage destroyed. Hey! I'm well, I'm whole. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, it's amazing what happens when you just come in the house. It's like, Oh, it's so glad I got here. It's, it's, a, it's a true fellowship station. You come in and koinonia, you get to connect with people. It isn't just about what I get, but being a blessing to one another, helping somebody else, and just reaching out and connecting. And It's amazing what begins to happen. It's an adjustment station. You come in, and, and maybe that's not the fun one. Process. So many times process just seems like a dirty word. But it ain't. It's a good thing. God just adjusts you and changes you. And it's good. And all of a sudden that area starts working again. Sometimes an area of our life just needs a just a minute little 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 bit of a little bit of a turn. And all of a sudden it's working now. And that all happened because you came into the house, heard something that aligned it. Divine order now came into that area, and life's different, praise God. Isn't that good? Put up. There it is. I was glad. Woo! Hey, I was glad when they said to me, hey, let's go into the house of the Lord. Woo! Where are you going? Going to the house of God, man. Let's go. Why? Because I'm going to get fixed up because I need to be. Now, this whole psalm 
is a psalm about the power of the house of God. So just put the last verse up, if you would. And this is just the last verse of that psalm. It says, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek or I will pursue your good. Literally means all that is good. Just by being in the house of God, it begins to change your pursuit. It begins to change your direction, change your vision, change. I mean, all of a sudden, God's able to breathe wisdom and breathe revelation into you that all of a sudden now the eyes of your understanding are enlightened and you're seeing who you are. You're seeing your value. You're seeing what God can do, praise God. Not only in you, but through you, around you, for you, praise God. Hallelujah. This is how it works, praise the Lord. Woo! I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, some people say, I was sad. No, 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 no. If you're saying that, you need to really, you need to come more often. Amen. Because it's fun to be in the house of God. And granted, I can't speak for every church, and I know there's a lot of great churches out there, but I mean, ours is the best. So... I'm just saying, well, I don't know that, but I do know, I do enjoy this church, and I enjoy this people, and I enjoy what, uh, uh, what it's all about here, and I believe, praise God, it is a station, praise God, to decontaminate, come on somebody, to be made whole, uh, to, uh, to allow the anointing to do something different, praise God, to be adjusted, amen, and to have good fellowship one with another. God is good. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Why don't you all stand up, if you will. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise and glory today. We, again, are thankful for your word, thankful for your principles, and for all that we learned here today, all that we were taught. We thank you, Lord, for breathing into us today, that all the yucks falling off, and hallelujah, and all the good, praise God, is Hallelujah. Sticking to us. Praise the Lord. And Father, I give you the praise. Father, forgive us for the times that we just let any old thing breathe into us. We know you're faithful and just to forgive us, and we receive that. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that we are not our history. We are not our mistake, but we are who you say we are. And so I thank you, Lord, that no matter what has happened yesterday, yesteryear, or yesterdecade, this people, praise God, are children of God. Hallelujah. And they're beginning to know who they are, know their value, praise God, and know the power that's made readily available unto them, that they begin to know their potential. And I give you praise for that. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.